2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app. By searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hour 2 on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, including Fritzy. Glad to have you on board. Stay as long as you like. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning. Good morning to those watching on Peacock and those listening around the country. Nearly 400 cities around America. Seton, poll question for Hour 2 will be... Let me update you, Dan. Hour one,
4: we went with uh, "Would you rather mm. hit 250 home runs, okay? Uh, batting average 250 home runs, or have a batting average of 350 and hit five homers?" Mm-hmm. Want to guess? I'm going to say most people want to hit 50 home runs. Most people, about 55% of the audience, want to hit 350 with five home runs.
3: Oh, well, we have an older audience. Yeah, we do. Yes, we People do. who respect the, the, game. the base hit. Yeah, the way it used to, the way it should be played. Yeah. How about a base knock here? How we'll about move, <laughs> moving yeah. the runner over? Ain't ain't good, come, on Go. Go. We'll come on now. Come on now. Bingo, a bingo. Come on now. A bingo. A bingo. Hey, about
1: Swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to be fun to do all day for like 162. I love that stuff. Well, they don't do it. They don't do it anymore. No, 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 it's no. It's quiet in the
3: dugout? Uh, you know, you might get something, but I I, I went don't... to a
1: high school game last year. My daughters went to a high school game, and they're still doing it at the high school level. A little hum-bay, humbay Yeah.
3: Yeah, I
4: think the college level you get a little too. Maybe, yeah. Once you start getting a pretty serious paycheck, though, you're like, I'm not
3: saying that crap. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just
4: get up there and do your job.
3: Well, nobody's going for a base hit. Come on, little knock. No, no. Yeah. Come on, little base knock. Ball Come stick. on. Walk's as good as a hit. Once you get paid, it's your job. Just
4: go do your job.
3: Yeah. Damn Wow. All right. Yep. Least well,
4: meanwhile, I- I'm going to sit here with my hat on, inside out, and uh, you know, <laughs> bubble gum all <laughs> over. Rally
3: me. camp. Yeah. Uh, by the way, sign up for the um, newsletter, and we'll let you know about the tailgate moonshine. That'll be coming out next week. So uh, go to danpatrick.com. Email address. Put it in the box that slides out. You're good to go. Get a recap of the show every single day at six Eastern and three Pacific. Also, you have Sunday night football. Dolphins. And the Eagles. That's good. That'll be on NBC and Peacock. Uh, Tyler, standing by. Take your phone calls. 877 3DP show. Uh, Phillies over the Diamondbacks 10 0. And they lead uh, two games to none in the series. Astros and the Rangers. That will be game three. A couple of phone calls in here. You know, I don't know if it's just me, I don't know if it's there's more fights that go on at football games. Or we just have the opportunity to be able to videotape more fights, or it seems like there is more fights because there is social media. After every weekend, there is probably three or four videos that go viral, and these are these are street fights. These are, and they're in the stadium now. Sometimes you'll have them outside the stadium, but I don't know—is is it me? Does it feel like there is more of these, or there is more access? To these fights, because people don't break up these fights, they videotape these fights. I saw two Bears fans fighting each other, uh, the Cowboys and the Chargers fans. I mean, you got fifteen or twenty people involved in this, and and you know people are taking shots. It's not just wrestling. There there is more violence sometimes in the stadium than on the field. They're, hey, you'd see these fights.
0: At least they're wearing pads on the field. The Bare fist to the face punches. It, it, women fighting. I mean, it's, it
1: is a mess. I, I think you're 100% right about we have more access to seeing them because of social media, but
3: it, it... Okay, what should the NFL do about this? What What will they and what should they do? Can you just say, all right, we're going to staff with police officers? Because you can't have just the security. That's like... Hey, I got this sign out front of my house that says I have security. But I may not even have security, but that's not going to prevent you breaking into somebody's house. You have security people at these football games. And like if you're an owner and that's your building, like shouldn't you do something to protect the fans that are there? Not everybody's there to fight, but you know, you mix that kind of atmosphere and alcohol and your team loses. I mean, there's certain stadiums where I would re- be apprehensive. There'd be trepidation to go there if I was a visiting fan. I would never, never wear my jersey. Never. There are certain places where, and my son, who's a Packers fan, and he was going to go to a game, and I said, don't wear your jersey. He goes, why not? I said, don't wear your jersey. And he didn't wear his jersey, and he saw what happened to a Packer fan who did. You know, they poured beer over his head. And I, you know, that's, that's one of the nicer things that happened. But I, I just, I think we have access to this, and it feels like there's something at every single game. Yeah, Paul.
1: When you watch these fight videos, if you notice a lot of them, the qu- fights are pretty quick. They're over in like 30 seconds. And a security guard and a slicker who's, you know, not in shape to do anything walks over, kind of semi-breaks it up, but can't really do anything. And then people just scurry away so they don't get kicked out of the game. It doesn't seem like authorities really get involved that often. They're not a, a police officer right at the end of every portal.
3: It feels like, remember when you'd have all these fights in hockey and the referees would just let you tire out the other guy and then you're down and then you're like, okay, you're, ex- all right, you're done? All right, okay, now let's go. I don't know if, I mean, the fact that the vet used to have a, a jail down below in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, No need to take you downtown, we take you downstairs and put you in a jail. But, you know, it, these owners need to spend the money to protect their fan base. You should never go to a game. Imagine taking your kids. You walk out. You're going to go get something to eat. Or you're leaving. And a fight breaks out where you got 15 or 20 guys just throwing haymakers. I mean, come on. Protect your fan base. And don't tell me, well, hey, we're going to put this on the, uh, the city. The city's got to do that. Or, you know, we're going to ask the state. Or taxpayers. This should be really on the owners. Spend the money. Protect your home. Yeah, pulling.
1: And it's not always a rivalry thing. That that Bears fight you saw was Bears fans against each other, <laughs> which is actually nice to see some fight out of a person with a Bear jersey on.
3: But you know, I, to I a, say keep Justin Fields. No, I say not. <laughs>
1: I went to a Premier League game soccer match in 2004, and what I noticed, it was a small – it was Fulham-Birmingham, not some monstrous rivalry. Mm-hmm. When you got off the train, there was these wire fences – and the Birmingham fans had to go towards the stadium in one direction and could not physically interact with the Fulham fans. They would have to go blocks away, so they couldn't congregate. They couldn't butt up against each other. And when you were actually in the stadium, they had a sliver of of seats for the Birmingham fans, and there was 30 cops on either side, and there was no physical way for there really to be a confrontation.
3: Yeah, but those are the only seats available for that fan base. If I'm a Cowboys fan or a Steeler fan or a Packer fan – I'm traveling and I'm getting secondary market. I can be you know sprinkled in all around the stadium, so that wouldn't work at an n f l game yeah Seaton.
4: yeah they seem to do a better job of uh corralling the people most likely to get into a fight because it's not like it's just away fans at a soccer match. The home fans too have their probably most rowdy bunch, but they also have a sliver that they sort of sit in, and then
3: outside of that it seems like Not too much happens. Well, even going to a soccer match, you'll see where both fan bases, they'll collide. Because I know where you're going to be at your bar, and you know where I'm going to be at my bar, and chances are we can cross paths there. Yes, Todd.
0: But if the NFL or any other pro league thinks making a PA announcement before the game (laughs) or putting up something with a phone number, text 394 to let us know if there's something happening in your section, if they think that's enough to check the box that they're doing enough for safety, they're very mistaken. Okay,
3: what do we do? Like I can complain about it. We yeah, can, you got to be
0: willing to pay more money. I I, I know putting a, a cop or a security guard in every section would be a tremendous amount of money, but it's got to be. It comes down to money and staffing it better and not having some seventy-year-old woman say, "Hey, stop throwing punches." Well, no,
3: it it comes down to safety for your fans. If I go to your stadium, then there should be safety attached to that. Yes, Eden. that's the thing. Like the, this is, I think, the second time this week, or maybe in
4: in two weeks for sure that the idea of billionaires not having enough money to pay for something that's vital to their the the team they own is is out of the question like how are they supposed to pay for the field yeah natural yeah, turf yeah well how it may it must be really expensive to have security enough security so people there aren't you know 50 people beating the crap out of each other I, it just seems crazy like the idea that you know the burden of having all the money is you have to pay <laughs> for things I don't know if that's somehow that's become lost on us, but the burden of having all the money is you're the guy now,
3: you're the people that pay for everything. Yeah. I think that's how they became billionaires. Other people pay for things. But you're right. This is where the NFL should say to the owners you have to protect this house, you must make sure that you have natural turf here. Um, You know, we can't turn away uh, families who want to go to a game, but there's violence. And, and, and these aren't where they just sort of are wrestling with each other, like a baseball altercation. These are, do, you know, you got to have your head on a swivel because people are coming in and sucker punching people. It is bad. Yeah, Paul.
1: And it's almost any idea you come up to fix it, it doesn't really work. If I said no more alcohol sales in stadiums, well, they're going to tailgate and have 15 beers at the tailgate before they go in. So,
3: But I can have you say there's no beer in the fourth quarter. Okay, but then I'll have six. Uh, yeah, but by yeah. the fourth quarter, maybe you know, you're know you a little bit tempered that maybe you're not going to be angry because your team just lost a close game.
1: That's another money loser, though. They, oh, I know. Yep.
3: I know. Everything is going to – those poor owners, I mean, they're going to have to probably spend some money or maybe not make money. Well, yeah, because then you know what's going to end up happening? We pay for it.
4: No, the owners are going to be forced to sell the team
3: they can't afford and only get $8 billion for <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, is that really fair? <laughs>
1: Thoughts and prayers. Yeah.
3: Because that's all they're going to do. They're going to disguise this and say, you know, we're going to raise ticket prices, but we want to ensure your safety here. Instead of saying, hey, I want to make sure that you have a safe and enjoyable time when you go to a stadium. Yes, Todd?
0: The fans have to take some responsibility, too. If some drunk person or some idiot's looking to start a fight, you're wearing the other team's jersey, whatever, and says stuff to you, no matter how horrible it is. Yeah, but if
3: I have 60,000 in a stadium, and let's say I have 1,000 let's say 500 bad people there that want to fight. I got to make sure I protect, like the numbers aren't matching up here. I
0: just think rarely someone's just going to punch someone for no reason. Usually there's an interaction, someone says something back. If someone wants to say stuff to you, then I guess you could go report them and it's unfortunate you spent all this money and you're being harassed. But usually there's an exchange and then that leads to to fisticuffs.
1: I have the solution and it's a moneymaker. I have a section dedicated to people who want to fight (laughs) brought to you by UFC the nice sponsorship you know
3: you, but we did bring this up in NASCAR. Yes. I asked Tony Stewart if you had a place where you could go where you were really mad at another driver and you could actually go in there in an octagon yeah. and just fight.
1: Yeah, a, a sliver of fans that are willing to get hit and willing to hit someone <laughs> and it's like you it's almost like the mosh pit when you go to a punk concert. If you are standing by the mosh pit, whatever happens to you, you've chosen to be in the mosh pit.
5: Mm.
3: All righty. Well, welcome to hour two on this program. (laughs) We saw it a lot. Yeah, we did. Uh, John in Ohio leads us off this morning. Good morning, John.
6: Good morning, Dan and Danette, and you too, Friksy. So uh, a casual listener, first-time caller. Okay. Uh, Speaking of an old audience, I'll be 70 next week. Nice. Congrats. And I have a a comment about the Kravenberg State logo. Yeah. The uh, Sir John Harrington invented the flush commode in England in 1596. So I think the nickname should be the Royals, and the logo could be the Royal Flush.
3: All right, thank you, John. Well, the uh, University Crappensburg State is named after Thomas Crapper, who invented the toilet. Sir Thomas Crapper. Yeah, you're right, Sir Thomas. Respect. Yes, Sir Thomas. <laughs> uh, let's see. How about Noah in Illinois? Hi, Noah.
6: Hi, Dan. First time, long time, six two two hundred. 200. Um, thank you. I got a question for Pauly. Pauly, I, I also went to SIU. I'm a Saluki. Um, I heard the other day that uh, the Missouri Valley is considered the SEC of the FCS, and I was wondering your thoughts on that. And then also, do you guys as a whole think that the FCS expanded playoff is going to work as well as the FCS playoff? Okay. You want that?
1: Well, I, I guess, you know, North Dakota State's been in the Missouri Valley Conference for a long time. They're pretty heavy hitters in one A FCS, mm-hmm. led by North Dakota State. But now it's South Dakota State. Yeah. A lot of good
3: teams. I would love to see schools get relegated and some of these other schools get the opportunity. Down the road, where we have the top 40 or 50 programs in the country.
1: The FCS playoffs have been great for years because you yeah. have a lot of home playoff games
3: yeah. in December. Uh, Sean in Florida. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today?
6: Good morning, Dan. Danette, six three one eighty. Um Um, Quick statement, then I want to ask you a question. But I was watching The uh, Voice the other day, and Reba had on someone that was just amazing, and she was trying to win him over. And she told him if she had a uh, Christmas album, she would call it Reba Does the Runs. So I didn't know a better person to uh, for Kappensburg State. I don't know if we could get her to do the Christmas album. I like that. The top, but I, I like that.
3: Yeah, I was gonna reach out to Mariah Carey, to see if she would do our Christmas album, but uh you know, maybe Reba McIntyre. I like that. Uh what what else do you have, Sean?
6: I was just wondering, I know, I know we kinda I kinda wanna double down on the, the quarterback versus coach thing. Um, because as a Bucks fan, I think Todd Bowles is horrible. I mean, I think he's thirty five and fifty all the time. But Tom Brady came in and with him running the defense we were able to do something. And now with, you know, these backup quarterbacks and for some reason Baker Mayfield um, now we can't seem to win a game and I I'm just wondering what like what your thoughts are on why you would draft a quarterback in the, the second round and have him under Tom Brady and then not give him a chance and bring in one of the biggest well he's not plus.
3: you know Kyle Trask is not good enough to win the job and judging by what I saw in preseason neither were worthy of winning that job but Baker Mayfield I think Tampa Bay has surprised people that you're a little more competitive than people thought. I thought it was going to be a tank job here. In fact, I have the odds which team has the longest odds to make the playoffs. Uh, It's a tie between two teams. Todd, I'll start with you. Longest odds, according to DraftKings, of making the playoffs.
0: Bears and Cardinals.
3: No and no. Really? Really? Seton O'Connor. The Patriots and the Giants. No. Marvin. Man, I thought this might be easy. Bears and Panthers? Uh, you got one right. Panthers. Pauly. Colts, Panthers? No. Nope. Mm. Panthers, Broncos. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dang. awful. How about that, Todd. So you uh, the longest odds to make the playoffs are the Panthers and Broncos at plus twenty five hundred. Of all the one in five teams, why the Broncos?
0: Oh, we know. just won the Super Bowl eight years ago. Come on.
3: <laughs> eight years ah. ago. Seems like it was just yesterday. Really?
4: Giants are one of five, Cardinals are one of five, Bears are one of five.
3: The Patriots, Giants, Cardinals, and Bears are all tied for second at uh plus two thousand.
1: Oh. Bears can't even win the
3: this game. Yeah. Oh. Can't win for losing. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. The former uh, all-pro defensive end for the Giants. Now he's a financial advisor on Wall Street. Justin Tuck will join us. We'll uh, get to more phone calls as well, update the poll results. Take a break. Back after this. Simply Safe Home Security, there to help you. Powered by 24-7, professional monitoring, less than a dollar a day. That's half the cost of traditional home security. 24-7 live guard protection and the smart alarm wireless indoor camera monitoring agents can see and speak to somebody if they have uh, broken into your house. They can help stop crime in real time, and they ha- they can sound a siren. They get a hold of the police as well. Powerful technology, exclusively from Simply Safe. Satisfaction. It's uh, backed by Simply Safe's money back guarantee. Try it for sixty days, risk free. If you don't love it, return your system, full refund. No questions asked. For a limited time, save 40% on any new system with a fast protect plan. Visit simplysafedan.com. Simplysafedan.com. You get professional monitoring 24 7 for less than a dollar a day. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app.
7: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
4: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete
3: Available digital light technology. It's so smart, even the headlamps are thinking. The vehicle all electric. The feeling all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash eqe SUV. Coming up in a little bit, it was a story that I brought up a while ago, and it was shot down from a lot of experts and analysts, but it's resurfaced. I'll have that for you coming up. He's Justin Tuck. He has two more Super Bowl rings than you do Former defensive end, third-round pick out of Notre Dame. And now look at him. He is a a managing director in private wealth management at Goldman Sachs. Okay. Show off. (laughs) What's going on, Dan? How are you? Great. Great. Um, The importance, when you finish your career and decide what you want to do, when did you want to go into wealth management?
5: Um. I think I always wanted to go into finance. I think, um, you know, years of playing in, in the NFL and being in the NFL locker room and, and watching some of the struggles some of our players had with uh, their own personal wealth, what to do with, et cetera, et cetera. We all know the the history of um, the documentary on Broke and, and, and all of that stuff. So I always wanted to be in finance, but I think when I started thinking about where I could have the biggest impact, especially for our players, um, you know, athletes and entertainers, uh, having more representation in that space, that's what kind of led me to be more on the on the advisor side and, and private well. Okay. So I, I think it was, it was later in my kind of football career that I, I actually started thinking about that.
3: All right, so you go to Notre Dame, get a degree there, and then you have to go back to business school? Yeah. So you go to Wharton? Do you have to go to classes there?
5: Most definitely. Most definitely.
3: <laughs> okay. And plus, it's in
5: Philadelphia, so no one likes me. So it's kind of tough. It's tough.
3: <laughs> okay. But you're sitting in classes with people and, you know, like yeah, just regular students, huh?
5: Yeah. I mean, listen, I... um. The first couple of weeks there are tough because a lot of the professors there had adopted the, the identity of um, being Eagles fans. So I mean, a couple of <laughs> couple classes, I just walked in with my Super Bowl rings and put it on their desk and just kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of tried to, to level set, you know, how this semester was going to go. Um, But it was tough. I mean, it was it was the toughest thing about it was getting back to getting used to using that side of your brain before. I mean, obviously, I I went to a big time school, academic school in Notre Dame, but it'd been twelve years since I even you know had to deal with the rigors of studying for these tests and being up at you know two a.m. with these twenty six year old kids who had you know had internships at the Goldman Sachs of the world and, and they were they were in prime shape. Where I had some some getting Getting off from behind eight ball in a lot of situations in that regard, but you know, two years at Warden was very, uh, you know, constructive as far as getting me that, that 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 foundation I needed to go into this financial world.
3: What do young football players, well, young athletes make? What, what's the biggest mistake they? or you do you see a, a common thread with these with these kids?
5: I think not just athletes in general, but a lot of my clients, um, you know, luckily they're, you know, very wealthy, so it doesn't really take into consideration, but spending is always the issue. Um, you know, I think, I think when, especially for athletes, when we, we start making money, we, most of us come from situations where we haven't had, um, you know, that type of money, haven't had the experiences with their money. And I think a lot of times you, we're all egomaniacs, right? We all want to compete and have the, the biggest house or the biggest car or the nicest clothes or go on the best right vacations. And we all feel like, you know, because we are have this some level of fame, we got to buy private, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I think the biggest thing is helping guys understand that, you know, I know this is your first time, you know, you're new to making this type of money, but this money does not last long, especially when you think about the fact that you know, NFL or athletic careers are still so much more short than, you know, that of a professional, right? You know, I was blessed to play 11 years and I retired when I was 32 years old, about to turn 33. There's a lot, there's a lot of life left in that. So, you know, I, I the first thing I think about clients is just like, let's get the right budget for you and your, you know, your, um, your situation and, and try to spend the right way, I guess.
3: We're talking to Justin Tuck. He won two Super Bowls with the Giants. Now he works at Goldman Sachs, managing director in private wealth management. What's it like on Monday morning when you go into the office and I'm going to guess your coworkers want to talk football?
5: Uh, yeah. Well, lately it's been very tough. Last year was a lot easier. Um, <laughs> um, you know, obviously luckily it's a lot of Giants fans around my, my office and, uh, they, they know at this point now when I want to talk football and when I don't. Um, but I think early in my career at Goldman, I got a lot of silly and what I would call dumb questions. I know people say there's no such thing as a dumb question. There are some dumb <laughs> questions. Um, like I what? What, that,
3: what would you get asked where you go, oh, that's a dumb question?
5: Ah oh, man. You put me on the squad. I mean, I've gotten so many. Like, you know, I've gotten some of my analysts have asked questions like, you know, I don't know, why did why did Eli choose number ten or um uh, do you do you hear a crowd when they're yelling? I'm like, yeah, my ears work pretty well. Like, you know, just silly things or like, you know, um, you know, how, you know, how does it feel the second quarterback? Or, you know, and I'm 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 sure I've gotten some dumber questions than no, those. I just can't think of any right now, but you know, I think now I've I spent the last six years educating most of these um you know MIT grads that know nothing about football. I've educated them enough where they they are asking some legitimate questions, and, and uh, you know at least I'm doing my duty as far as like hopefully I'm I'm building the NFL's brand you know one analyst at a time. Nice. You know? so.
3: <laughs> See, I would ha- I figured somebody would say, "What's it like to hold Tom Brady in your arms?" You know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many uh, how many like- times did you hit him in those Super Bowls?
5: Hit Ooh, Um, I had four sacks and yeah, I th- I saw a stat like it was something crazy. Us as a team that first Super Bowl, I think we we on drop back passes, We we actually hit him 70 percent of the time or something like that. Right. It was it was it was unbelievable. The fact that we played that well against such a, a quality uh, competitor and quality team. Um. But yeah, I mean, like he, everyone asked me questions like, what's your favorite quarterbacks to sack? And I always tell them all of them taste the same. But (laughs) I think, I think with Tom, it was such a big moment. So it's going to, it's going to, it's going to feel a little different just because of the Super Bowls. But um, yeah, we hit him, we hit him a lot. And I, I try always when people ask me that question to give a lot of credit to him because I've seen quarterbacks fold. I've seen, we've, we, those teams we had, the Giants, we had the opportunity to have some really, really great defensive line efforts where we hit quarterbacks a lot. And I've seen quarterbacks in some ways give up. None of that was in Tom, and he fought to the end. I think if you remember the last two throws in those two games, he threw the ball, you know, 65, 70 yards in the air yeah. uh, after getting pummeled all game. So, you yeah, I give him a lot of credit. I've seen I've seen quarterbacks not want any part of it, and uh, he, he stayed there to the end, so that's why he's probably going to go down as the best quarterback, if not best football player ever.
3: I remember Michael Strahan saying a few years ago that you can have sometimes have more respect for somebody with the punishment that you would dole out, and they hung in there, and he said, look, I respected Tom even more because we hit him with everything that we possibly had. And, it, and, and I'm talking
5: about some big hits, some 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 right up the, right up the You know in between the one and the two hits uh that we like to say and like you know i can't i can't give tom too much credit without giving my personal quarterback a lot of credit (laughs) because that game was very similar to eli in san francisco if you remember um you know alden smith justin smith that defense that in candlestick that night that, that 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 eli got pummeled i mean i remember seeing it looked like it was a cartoon character where you know when like a Uh, like Tom and Jerry or somebody gets steamrolled and, like, you see their print in the ground. (laughs) It seems like that, because, you know, camel stick was really soft as well. So, like, seeing him get, like, peeled, you know, peeled off of the ground after Alden or Justin or or whoever else had hit him, that was one of those games where I was like, man, Eli, the dopey Eli, I got a lot of respect for that guy after that (laughs) game because he got paused. And, obviously, with Tom and those Super Bowls, the same thing.
3: Wait, wait, you called him dopey Eli?
5: Yeah, we always call Eli Dopey. Why? Because he he's Dopey.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, how did he react? I'm sure. I'm
5: sure. I'm sure he's going to have a comeback for that. But uh, yeah, dope, Dopey Eli. <laughs> it, it was. It's funny because Eli, regardless if he was, if he was having a game where he was throwing four touchdowns in four hundred yards, or he was having a rough game, his facial expression was always kind of the same. So we just called him Dopey
3: Eli. If you could sit down with any person in America to talk finance, to talk business, who would it be? Finance or
5: business? It's too okay. Let's business. let's do business. Business, um,
3: wealth ooh. management. You're talking wealth management with any person in the world.
5: That's tough. I'm blessed to have so many great people around me. I think if I was talking wealth management, finance in general. Um, it would be Paul Tudor Jones, a, a mixture of Paul Tudor Jones, Ken Langone and I mean, Buffett, those three would be very high on my list. I mean, I would think, you know, on the board at that point. <laughs> Um uh, business? Woo. Um that's tough. I mean, honestly it'll probably be somebody that has constantly like started things and created things. Um but like elon
3: musk is elon musk- that's what
5: i was thinking i know he's controversial a little bit but that's what i was thinking because he's he's he is he's brilliant and he's created things over and over again right it's, yeah. it's not like you know you see a lot of time in business you see guys who you know make a, a huge splash with one company or one you know idea he's he's done it over and over again and i don't see anything stopping him i mean like i was just I was just looking at SpaceX and his new valuation of $150 billion, right? It's just, I mean, it's it's, it's Scrooge McDuck type of numbers with that guy. So, um, yeah, I I will pick him up there very high.
3: Great to talk to you. Glad you're doing well. Thanks for sharing the stories there.
5: All right, man. Listen, Dan, it's always a pleasure. Uh, Appreciate you having me.
3: What are you benching now?
5: Uh, A lot less than I used to.
3: (laughs) All right. But probably the most in the Goldman Sachs office.
5: You know, we got some, we got some, we got some weekday words. In the in – the, in wow. if I got challenged and you gave me like two weeks, yeah, I would do it. But like I, you know, I tell people all the time. I used to get paid a lot of money to work out. Now <laughs> I'm working out because I'm old, so it's different. Like the, the amount of weight I put on the bar now is so so drastically lower than what it used to be. I just want to, I just want to be able to say that I worked out. So. um and in some ways, look good in a baby suit. That's
3: about it. He's Justin Tuck, won two Super Bowls with the Giants and currently the uh, managing director in private wealth management, Goldman Sachs. Thank you, Justin. We'll uh, come back. We'll get some phone calls here coming up. And I do have a story. It is now a story. I was speculating on something happening. This is prior to the start of the college football season. Oh, boy. I'm going to let the Danettes try to take a guess the story that I'm talking about that now has become a story. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the I radio app at FSR or stream us live on the peacock app.
0: Hi, this is Jay Glazer. And you may know me for the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
7: you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying.
4: Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just
1: try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon.
3: Next Saturday, the Premier League is on NBC and streaming on Peacock. London is calling. Crosstown rivals clash in the capital. It's the London Derby. Chelsea. Arsenal. Saturday 12:30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Okay, time to play Guess the Story. I had a I speculated prior to the start of the college football season. And my speculation is now maybe turning into a real story. Okay? Who wants to play Guess That Story? Todd?
0: Something about the 12 team playoff happening even sooner. No,
3: no, that can't happen. Let's not get started with that. I don't want the college football insiders going, coming after me again. See no I think yeah, is this a stay in your lane segment
4: right here? Um, um,
3: <laughs> it feels like any time I talk college football, I'm told to stay in my oh, lane. Here he goes again. Yeah.
4: Okay. Something to do with conference
3: realignment. Conference realignment. Okay. Marvin, guess the story.
7: Lincoln Riley possibly going somewhere else?
5: Bloop,
3: bloop, bloop. Whoa. Losers. This, uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. This is from Inside USC with uh, Scott Wolf, And uh, it reads as follows. In NFL coaching circles, the talk is that Lincoln Riley is putting out feelers about taking a job in the NFL next season. To be clear, this chatter was going around last week and has nothing to do with USC's loss to Notre Dame. The word is... Riley would be open to an NFL job if he could follow Caleb Williams to the same franchise. If the Chicago Bears had the number one pick, it would probably be ideal for this theory. The other part of the theory is that an NFL team would tell Riley who to hire, especially on the defensive side, to avoid some of the pratfalls that have happened in college. If Riley is serious about wanting to coach only ten more years, it would make sense that he would go to the NFL sooner than later. That's Scott Wolf inside USC football. Okay. I speculated and I was told, no, there's no way he's going to leave after you know USC rolled out the red carpet, and I thought, okay. I, don't, I think people are realizing USC is not as good as we thought they were or think they should be. And Caleb Williams can cover up a lot of things there. But if I am Lincoln Riley, this might be my opportunity. A great opportunity. And if you could get the package deal, which is what I speculated on, then uh, if I'm the Chicago Bears... I'm going to need a new coach and probably a quarterback. And if we would have the number one pick and you could get both and you're sold on Lincoln Riley as a head coach, you're sold on Caleb Williams as being the best quarterback that can solve a lot of issues right there. Yes. Paul,
1: it's a classic college football coach move to look for your next gig before you cool off. If you remember, remember Matt Campbell over at Iowa state Yeah. he passed on a bunch and then now there's no one, maybe nobody calling now Lincoln Riley was as hot as it gets. Well, it,
3: Kirk Ferentz for years, it was yeah. like, and eh, is he going to jump to the NFL? There are just certain coaches where you go, uh, you better do it now, because if you don't, then they stop calling you. Yes, Todd?
0: You see any scenario where Lincoln Riley can stay in L.A., they say goodbye to Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert will be a fun person to see if you can help him get to the next step with.
3: Well, I, I brought this up with somebody uh, in the NFL, and uh, I, I'm going to be vague on purpose, and I said, if things don't work out with the Chargers could you see a scenario where Lincoln Riley would be the head coach or want to be the head coach? He said, Kellen Moore probably makes more sense. I said, well, what if Kellen Moore doesn't do a great job as an offensive coordinator for the Chargers, but then if you're going to move on from Brandon Staley, you would give it to Kellen Moore. And I was told that Kellen Moore would make more sense than Lincoln Riley. But once again, got a lot of football left here. Yeah, see. Do you remember the details, whether they were uh, true or not? I believe them.
4: I'm not sure uh, of Lincoln Riley's deal when yeah. he signed there. He got like 110 million dollars over whatever. They bought both of his houses in Oklahoma. They gave him a six million dollar yes. house. He's got unlimited use of the the Fine. school jet yeah. and stuff like. That. Are the Bears going to do that for him, or is he giving all of that up? Is he, he would- going to have to buy his own house now? Probably. Probably. Is he going to have to like charter his own jet now? Probably. Is he going to take a pay cut to go to the Bears? Probably. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. I don't know. But but you get a once in a lifetime chance. You're going to coach the Bears. You're going to have Caleb Williams there with you. And if you he says he wants to coach 10 more years, well you got 5 years that you have Caleb Williams. So I get that rookie deal Caleb Williams and I don't know if they're not going to give him total autonomy, but you get to come in. And I thought that he was going to be a great candidate for the Cowboys years ago. That if he was leaving Oklahoma, it might be you know the Cowboys. Uh, but then USC did what they needed to do to bring in both Caleb and Lincoln Riley. I could see if you're the Bears, that I would certainly be open to that. But you got to be sold on Caleb Williams, first of all, and you know Lincoln Riley as well. You know, because I don't know, can he coach in the NFL? Um, wonderful offensive uh, coach, in and but that's what the NFL is. It's all about offense. You hire yourself a great defensive coordinator, maybe. But uh, you know, he's putting out feelers, or his camp is putting out feelers of, hey, you know, if now if Carolina ends up with uh, the number one pick, or no, that pick goes that goes to the Bears. Aww. So you got two possibilities there. Yes, Marvin.
7: Uh, Lincoln Riley is going to be like Matt in Portland. Hey, I got a new job. What, without talking to me? Yeah. New house and
3: all that. Yeah, we haven't heard from Matt. He went out and bought a boat and a truck without telling his wife. Lincoln Riley just got there. Yeah, I know. I know. But that can be an eternity for these coaches. Man, I've been here two years. I don't think USC is anywhere near what, what we think they are. Because of Caleb Williams, you watch and you go, man, they're fun to watch. Okay. They're not good. I think they're, they're entertaining, right. but I don't think they're good. Yes, Todd?
0: I thought Seaton made a very valid point going through all those elements of the contract, and it's going to go to 12 teams, which is a little less pressure for some of these coaches as opposed to having to be in the top four and giving all that up, and you're going to cold Chicago. Quarterbacks get hurt. There's no guarantee, even though everyone swears by Caleb Williams that he's the next big thing. That could end up blowing up in their face.
3: Yeah, but if you want to go, you can always go back to college. But you get this opportunity to have Caleb Williams your guy, and you're the coach in the NFL. It'd be tough to pass it up. Yeah, Paul.
1: Too bad the Broncos gig is taken because Denver wow. kind of runs USC's defense. Wow. And it'd be an easy transition. Wow. Wow. Too soon. But you know, <laughs> you could make the case though. Coaching in the NFL is more simple than coaching in college these days. In college, you got to deal with NIL collectives, boosters, uh, problems, twice as many athletes with issues. In the NFL, all he has to do is walk in and coach. Someone deals with the salary cap. He's got a general manager who handles the draft. Mm. You just coach. College, I would want no part of it these days. The, well, the NILs?
3: Yeah, well, it depends on what my collective is. If I have a lot of money, I have a good slush fund, then, and plus, you know, if you're going to coach in college, it's like a movie set when you go on USC's campus. But, I, you know, I don't know what makes Lincoln Riley tick, where he goes, you know what, I still want to. Be. Most of these guys who are successful in college want to try to be successful in the pros. You know, Spurrier, Saban, uh, Joe Paterno, I, I think there were overtures years, years, years ago, maybe from Washington. Uh, but most of these guys, Mike Shashevsky, flirted with the Lakers. They get to that point where they're like, ah, is there something else here? Yes, Marv.
7: Do most coaches that go to the NFL end up getting a job that was as good as the one that they left? That they left, besides Nick Saban.
3: Saban had a good gig at, with the Dolphins. That I mean, that was that was a prime job. He just made a mistake on the quarterback. He he didn't go for Drew Brees. He went for Dante Cole But you know, Spurrier leaving uh, to go to coach Washington, and then you had that front office that was a mess. But yeah. I mean, these guys are control freaks in college. You can, you can control everything. When you get to the pros, they don't have to listen to you. I mean, Ross Tucker tells us stories about Spurrier. He didn't even know guys' names on the de- defense because he's an offensive coach. He's the old ball coach. He's the offensive-minded guy. He didn't even know guys on the defense and wasn't ready to coach in the NFL. He's one of the sharpest football guys you'll ever be around. All right. Two hours in the books. One more to go on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, including Fritzy, Update the poll results. We'll give you a new poll question. That'll be coming up. Final hour on the way. It's Freddie Prinze Jr.
2: and Jeff died back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.